It is May 23rd, 2017. My name is Joel Tillis, and you have tuned in to the Soul Trap. We trust that wherever and whenever this broadcast finds you, it finds you in good health, good spirits, and most of all, on that good and narrow way. It is an honor to be back with you, to be back behind the microphone. A lot of things going on this time of the year, and uh, we apologize for the delay in the recordings, but it is good to be back in saddle and be back at work. So much to talk about, so many different things taking place, but uh, we appreciate you sticking with us as always. I want to encourage you to make sure to check out The Soul Trap on Facebook. You can reach us there, message us there. You can also email us at pastortillis at suncoastbaptistchurch.org. That's pastortillis at suncoastbaptistchurch.org. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, we get a lot of feedback from all of you, and we appreciate it so very much. And uh, boy, it's a, it's a good time, an exciting time to be alive. A lot of nonsense, a lot of stuff going on. But uh, boy, we're right here at the cusp of the return of the Lord. And uh, I'm looking forward to it, and I trust that you are as well. I hope this broadcast finds you doing well. Uh, we have had a wonderful year here at our school, and uh, we're getting ready to wrap it up. And uh, it's nice to see the graduates and the kids getting ready to get out for the summertime. And quite frankly, it's nice myself to be looking forward to the summertime and being able to get down there to the beach. I, there's nothing to me like that beautiful Gulf of Mexico beach early in the morning, and uh, we're looking forward to it. But now... It's, uh, it's time to work. It's time to put our uh, work gloves on and work boots on. A lot of stuff we're trying to do, a lot of stuff we're trying to accomplish. And uh, I know that you are in the same boat as we are. Much to do and little time to do it in. And that seems to be the life of a Christian today. Obviously, there are so many things going on in the news today, it's almost impossible to try to address everything all the time. At just about the time that I start researching one story and current events and on uh, the front page of news, another story comes up. Of course, there was the bombing in Manchester, the Ariana Grande a bombing that took place. We've got our president over in the Middle East, and I trust and pray that he continues to show unwavering support. And what I would love to see is for him to unequivocally, unashamedly, and without delay move the embassy of the United States of America to Jerusalem. I believe that that would help us in a tremendous way. But uh, there's a lot that has been going on, but quite frankly, I have tried my very best to stay away from politics over the last couple months, and I know that might make you laugh, but I do, if for no other reason than I hate the constant taste of throw-up in my mouth, and that's what, what the political scene in America makes any normal, rational human being want to do, and that is throw up and probably stick a fork in your eye. Nothing makes me any more sick than the lying, <laughs> filthy oligarchy that runs our nation for its own material and powerful ends, rather than for the people that they were supposed to be representing. I have come to disdain the vast majority of our politicians, and not only the politicians, ladies and gentlemen, but the media itself. I mean, what more do I need to say about MSNBC, CNBC, CNN, Reuters, AP, I mean, I can go on and on, Fox included in that, they are, they, they are lower down than snake bus, and they show their filthiness and their wickedness on display day after day after day, and I cannot, frankly, find the words that are appropriate enough for this show or for a Christian to be able to describe the disdain that I have for our media, and sadly, 
Beyond the politicians and beyond the media, I am sickened by the vapid galaxy-sized stupidity of roughly half of our nation that would actually think that Hillary Clinton was a good choice, that actually think that neo-communism and socialism and uh, Bernie Sanders and all the rest of that crowd are an actual viable choice. Uh, It's just stunning to me the massive amounts of blindness that is out there. So for those reasons and more, I have stayed away from what has become a full freak show. Day in and day out, unadulterated freak show. But recent events have pulled me into thinking, and truthfully, I cannot help myself but connecting dots back and forth, which is what the, one of the things we have always done here at the Soul Trap, and that is look at pieces of the puzzle and see if they fit. And today, that's what I want to do. I, I want to put a couple pieces of the puzzle out there for you and not necessarily tell you the picture and tell you that they fit, but see if you think that they fit. Now there are several pieces that we have in front of us and we're going to try to create a picture for you and then as I said let you decide if the picture we have created has any real plausibility. So I want to start and take you back in time to around the year 2014. Do you remember I think his name was Seth Rogen and I can't remember the other gentleman's name they were doing a comedy movie where they were Hollywood actors, talk show hosts that were uh, selected by the CIA, recruited by the CIA to go over to North Korea and to assassinate the leader. Well, in 2014, there's a story here, January 5th, North Korea and the Sony picture hacked. Do you remember when supposedly North Korea hacked Sony? The news story in 2014 read as follows. The cyber attack on Sony Pictures Entertainment by a group calling themselves the Guardian of Peace resulted in a canceled movie release, at least for a little while, leaked personal information, apologies from Hollywood executives, called in embarrassing email conversations, and ultimately word from U.S. officials that North Korea was behind the entire hacking issue. Here's the timeline. November 24th, Sony Picture Entertainment is hacked. Employees are locked out of their computer network and glowing red skeletons appear on their screens. An accompanying message says they have been hacked by hashtag GOP and all of their internal data have been obtained and can be shared. In the days that follow, personal information, emails, and unreleased movies like Still Alice, Annie, and To Write Love on Her Arms are leaked online. Some speculate that North Korea is behind the attack because Sony's upcoming comedy, The Interview, starring Seth Rogen and James Franco, is about an assassination attempt on Kim Jong-un. December 1st, the Federal Bureau of Investigation confirms it is investigating the attack. Investigators are considering whether North Korea may be linked to the incident, according to a federal law enforcement official. December 3rd, an unnamed North Korean diplomat denies the country's involvement in the hack in an interview with Voice of America. December 7th, Korean Central News Agency's, a state-run outlet, calls the hacking, quote, a righteous deed, end quote, but calls reports of North Korea's involvement a wild rumor. But the truth is, ladies and gentlemen, when you really dig, there seems to be, as almost always, more to the story, or rather something missing from the story. The following investigator states it this way, much of the evidence pointing towards North Korea has come via statements from government officials 
inside the deep state or the FBI itself, but neither have offered hard evidence even to this very day. And that has led security professionals to still doubt the country's role in the attacks. In other words, was it really North Korea? One official stated, it brings me back to the Cuban Missile Crisis when Kennedy famously gave his press briefing, where he actually showed U-2 spy plane photos in his press briefing. And this gave away great secrets of the United States, but it also proved to the world that there were, in fact, missiles in Cuba. But nothing like that occurred after the 2014 Sony hack. It was as a, it was a Fordham law professor summed it up to Fortune magazine, quote, trust us, but we're not going to let you verify. It is interesting to note how strange it is for the president to call something like Sony hack a serious national matter, a serious national security matter, which is what Obama said, and have ex officials exhibit high confidence that it was North Korea, but even to this day in 2017 offer no reasoning why or no proof. Now contrast that with the numerous reports, photos, videos, and other data offered as evidence of the Syrian government used chemical weapons in 2013, or again recently this past year. It seems that when the government wants to prove a case that they want to do something about, they're very quick to bring out all of the data that they need to. But in the case of North Korea, there was never any proof offered, and certainly there was never any reason why they would go after a movie. So, the prevailing question was, did North Korea actually go out of its way to hack Sony. The truth is, I don't think it did. It didn't make sense then, and it still doesn't make sense now. But if it wasn't North Korea that hacked them, and they were indeed hacked, who was it? And whoever it was, what was the point of hacking Sony, and what could you gain by revealing to us that Hollywood uh, officials and Hollywood moguls are pigs, that we didn't already know that? Well, maybe, ladies and gentlemen, maybe what happened way back in 2014 was a beta test. Some have suggested that what we witnessed was actually a test run of a deep, far more nefarious reality than we realize. The second piece that we connect is an article released March 7, 2017 by Makata Duncan's son. Quote, WikiLeaks, CIA can make cyber attacks look like they originate from Russia. On Tuesday, WikiLeaks released 8,761 documents on the CIA's global covert hacking program in what it claims is the largest public, uh, publication of confidential CIA documents ever. The documents were published as part of Year Zero, which is only the first in a series of leaks named Vault 7 by WikiLeaks. The organization claimed these leaks come from a network within the CIA's Center for Cyber Intelligence in Langley, Virginia. One startling revelation, the report reads, that came from the release of these documents is that the CIA kept a large collection of cyber attack techniques under a project called Umbridge which were stolen from malware produced in other countries. And one of those countries was Russia. Now you say, what's the big deal about that? Well, the article goes on to state, quote, this would allow the CIA to launch false flag cyber attacks and make them appear as if they originated from other countries, such as Russia. 
The CIA's remote device branch, Umbridge Group, collects and maintains a substantial library of attack techniques stolen from malware produced in other states, including the Russian Federation. With Umbridge, the project, and related projects, the CIA can not only increase its total number of attack types, but also misdirect attribution by leaving behind, quote-unquote, fingerprints of the groups that the attack techniques were stolen from. Former UN Ambassador John Bolton once suggested the DNC hacks could have been a false flag operation in order to blame Russia. Do you remember how we've gone through that over this last year? It is constantly Russia that got Trump elected and Russia that hacked the DNC and Russia that uh, released information on Hillary Clinton. And yet John Bolton said, wait a second, if you read the reports, the CIA has the ability to false flag a hack attack and leave the fingerprints of Russia. The Hill reported in December, quote, John Bolton, the former U.S. ambassador to the United Nations, who has been floated for a possible role in President-elect Donald Trump's State Department, questioned reports of Russian interference in the U.S. presidential election. Here's what John Bolton said. It is not at all clear to me, just viewing this from the outside, that this hacking into the DNC and the Republican National Committee was not a false flag operation. When pressed about this use of the phrase false flag and whether he was accusing an entity in the U.S. of involvement, Bolton said, quote, we just don't know, end quote. But I believe, he goes on to say, that intelligence has been politicized in the Obama administration to a very significant degree. We have yet to see one shred of evidence connecting Vladimir Putin to WikiLeaks or proving Moscow was behind the hacks of the Democratic Party. Did Russia really hack the DNC? Or did the deep state, elements of the CIA, simply make it appear as if it was the Kremlin in order to undermine Hillary? Now, do you get what is being said here? That Russia, who is being blamed for hacking everyone, may actually not be the one hacking. We know, we know for a fact that the CIA and the NSA can actually make it look like another country, in this case, Russia, is the one doing the hacking. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we are not being told the truth. We are living in the Orwellian lie that we were told would never come, and yet here we are, a world where nothing can be trusted because we have allowed them to operate in a world of lies. Who is it hacking us? No one knows. Why? How? What did Russia gain by hacking and having Donald Trump come in? Now, the real light of hacking came to a head during the Hillary run for president. Remember that horrible nightmare, the thought of waking up to that hag being our commander-in-chief? It was the leaks of Hillary and the DNC that brought this whole Russia hacking to lie. But was it Russia that actually did the hacking? Or was it the deep state, who had already run a beta test some two years earlier in 2014, to see if they could leave the North Korean fingerprints behind, to see if it would work, to see if the media could sell it and you could buy it. Well, I think we did buy it. The DNC hacking was so strange and dark that even a supposed leaker was killed. Following the thread of Seth Rich, Follow that thread and find out just how deep the rabbit hole goes. So the question then becomes, and here we begin to connect another dot, if the deep state is the one actually doing the hacking and not Russia, 
if there are forces so deep and so powerful within the government that actually did the hacking, why would they hack the DNC? Why would they, in effect, torpedo Hillary Clinton's run for president? Now, it is very important that you answer this question. Why? It's one that very often conspiracy theorists are loath to have to answer. We can bring up doubts as to the official narrative, but we cannot always explain why the conspiracy existed in the first place. Why would the state, the deep state, hack the DNC? Why would they release informations, uh, the information that they did? I suggest that they did so to ensure, to hedge the bet that Hillary Clinton not get elected. Now, I know that it seems right now like everybody was, uh, everybody was against Trump, but, but I'm not so sure about that. There is really no way to get around the fact that the leaks coming out of the DNC and the leaks coming out about Hillary Clinton were damaging to her, especially given the fact that if Russia really wanted someone elected, it would no doubt be their compatriot in arms, Comrade Clinton. There's no way that they would want some hawkish, nationalist, strong in defense Trump. It just, it just doesn't make sense. I think Russia would be fine with Hillary. Quite frankly, I don't think they really care. No, I think that the octopus, as Danny Casalero would say, wanted Trump. Or maybe they didn't want Trump. Maybe they wanted someone that they knew would be in the place of power in a Trump administration. As a friend of mine often says at BND3, maybe it is not looking at the right hand, but it is looking at the left hand where we see the real issue. And here's where we enter the realm of the truly surreal. Is it possible, is it plausible that the powers that be, the dark powers in the shadows of the halls of our government, wanted Trump to win, not because of his make, a, make America great again crap, but because around Trump, hidden behind the scenes, was someone who wielded true power. Someone that they wanted in the halls of government. And therefore, after running the beta test in 2014, they made sure to release it at just the right time so that Hillary would not be elected. So who was it that they wanted? Donald Trump? Or did they want Jared Kushner? Jared Kushner, born January 10th, 1981, is an American real estate investor and developer, a newspaper owner, and a senior advisor to President Donald Trump. Kushner is the eldest son of real estate developer Charles Kushner and is married to Trump's daughter, Ivanka. During the presidential transition, Kushner was said to be his father-in-law's closest confidant and one of Donald Trump's closest advisors, even more so than Trump's four adult children. Trump was reported to have requested the top secret security clearance for him to attend the presidential daily briefings as his staff-level companion, unprecedented both for nepotism reasons and the fact that he holds no official position. So you may ask, what is the big deal aside from a little nepotism? What's so special about this Jared Kushner? Well, some are speculating, and that's all that it is, but some are speculating that it might be more than meets the eye. Kushner has been given several tasks by Donald Trump to accomplish and work on. Government reform, the opiate crisis management, criminal justice reform, liaison to Mexico, liaison to China, liaison to the Muslim community. But by far the biggest task that he has been given is that of bringing peace to the Middle East.
A task, by the way, that only two people are able to accomplish. One is Christ when he returns for all of eternity, and the other is Antichrist for three and a half years. But Trump seems to think that Kushner may fit the role of a third, or possibly one of the two I just mentioned. Trump says, all my life I've been hearing that the toughest deal in the world to make is the Middle East, and I've seen it, but... I have a feeling Jared's going to do a great job, and if he can't produce peace in the Middle East, nobody can. Now that may sound like a lot of high talk for a little rich boy, but Kushner is anything but a rich boy with a few elite connections. He is one of the most powerful realm, one of the most powerful men in the realm of power today. I'm not talking about the nonsense that you see on TV. I am talking about the real substance of power brokers within the deep, deep state. One high-ranking official stated it this way, Kushner is known as the Shadow Secretary of State. Another insider said he's saving the government and the Middle East at the same time. What is really strange about Jared is the many faceted and deep connections this guy has. The fact of the matter is, Jared Kushner has been a lifelong Democrat. And yet when his father-in-law was running for president, he had this amazing epiphany that now he wanted to be on board the conservative movement of Make America Great Again. Another investigative article reads as follows, quote, George Soros. Now, who doesn't know the name George Soros? George Soros and Soros and the New World Order are identified synonymously, hand in hand. This article reads, George Soros is the secret financier behind Kushner's backed startup cadre. The article goes on to say, George Soros' fund management has quietly been financing the Kushner real estate finance startup group, Cadre, with a substantial credit line, according to sources familiar with the matter. A source familiar with the financing arrangement told The Real Deal that, quote, Soros has had a long and productive relationship with the Kushner family. Another source told TRD that Kushner Companies, uh, Companies President Laurent Morali, played a key role in arranging the financing. But a Kushner Company spokesman disputed that account, claiming that Kushner Companies have never been involved in the cadre in any capacity. The irony of the Soros-Kushner connection is that Donald Trump presidential campaign with Jared Kushner helped orchestrate actually vilified George Soros. Now they did that, ladies and gentlemen, for you to see on stage. They did that so as to make a show. But the truth of the matter is, behind the scenes, Soros and all of his New World Order wealthy backers are sleeping in the same bed as Jared Kushner, who is sleeping in the same bed as Donald Trump's daughter. So whether or not Kushner is the Antichrist, as some seem to be labeling out there in the YouTube world, which I doubt, by the way, it does appear that anyone that gets too close to the hacking and wiretapping or anyone that seems to get too close to understanding the full reach of the tentacles of the octopus seem to find themselves out of a job or out of breath. How about General Petraeus? He was going to make a run, ladies and gentlemen. He was going to have a tremendous political career because he knew the ins and the outs of what was going on both in Iraq and around the world, and yet he was betrayed in the most clandestine way. Or how about Seth Rich, the DNC high-level official that was rumored and believed to be passing on information to WikiLeaks? Well, he, he gets course, uh, killed. Of course, it's an accident, uh, per se. It's just an accident of serendipity. It was a mugging. It was a killing. It always is just sort of accidental in the cosmic scheme of things. Never, never is there anything to see. 
Well, what about Antonin Scalia? Check the records. Records have come out that he claimed that Obama was actually listening and hacking the Supreme Court. Of course, he then dies while sleeping with a pillow halfway crammed down his throat. And remember Justice John, John Roberts, the bastion of right-wing conservatism? He ended up being the uh, home run in the bottom of the ninth with two outs for the Obama administration by voting to allow Obamacare to go through as being constitutional. A mystery to everyone at the time. How could John Roberts allow this to happen? Many wondered, well, could it be that he really was being hacked and wiretapped and chances are that there was dirt on him? The question is, was it Trump that the powers that be wanted elected? Or was it someone around Trump? Did the secret dark powers that be just recently put a possible avatar for the Antichrist in one of the most powerful positions in the world? Or is it just that we have entered a world in which the powers that be are so brazen and in your face because they have dumbed down the populace that they now have no fear, no concern whatsoever of the connections being made and the reality being brought to light? Maybe, maybe it's not without noticing that Jared, among other things, Kushner, is an Orthodox Jew with one of the highest positions inside the government. Maybe it's worth noting that Jared, who has an undeniable has undeniable connections to the New World Order guru George Soros, is the one being pushed by the President of the United States as the only man who can bring peace to the Middle East. Maybe, just maybe, it's worth noticing that Jared Kushner spent an inordinate unbelievable amount of money to buy a major building in New York City whose address number just happens to be 666. Maybe WikiLeaks has uncovered the Antichrist. Maybe WikiLeaks has uncovered a deep New World Order plan. Maybe we're all just silly and there's nothing to see. Continue with your Facebook, continue with your vapid little lives, while the powers that be run the world. Maybe.